And bienvenidos, listeners, and welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I, Brian Ernst, will be your host for today's festivities, and in the den today are my two main chooches, Mitch Brinkman and Nathan Hennenfin. Today, these charlatans will attempt to reveal and defend their top five sisters. Our first guest lost our respect when he became a dog dad, but earned it back with his perfect quaff and steady sponsorship dollars from Mike's Liquor in Ely, Minnesota. It's Mitch Brinkman. How are you? Uh, thank you very much. Hi. Um, I've never had a sister, so today I will be living in pure fantasy land, as I imagine what it would like uh, to, to have one and how it would have changed my life and how um, how just cool and nice they are. So that, that's where I'm kind of coming at today's episode from. Um, but yeah, uh was sad to hear that Ely, Minnesota does not have a sister city. Found that out in my research. So there it is. Wow. Way to start us off on a low note. <laughs> and our next guest is the only other one on the show today with a sister other than myself. I have no follow up. Just it may give him an advantage over Mitch today. So it's Nathan Hennenfent. How are you? Uh, hi, I'm good. And yes. And, and of course, a special hello to my my sister, Laurel, who I know will be listening. Hi, Laurel. Thanks for being my sister. Five bucks, five bucks. She didn't make your list. I'm I'm making that bet. She did not make my list. Oh, $5 (laughs) to me. Woo. Thank you, Nathan. Oh, that's an easy fiver right there. I guess I should do it too. Hi, Allison, before I get booed out of the room. Uh, (laughs) If you all want to get blown to the moon, head on over to the all new bizbear.biz, which simply brings you right to ubersenko.com, the refreshed home of our humble pod. You will now be able to see featured episodes, watch the YouTube version of the show, and even leave us a review all under one roof. Better yet, the same suggestion form for you to submit your topics to us is still there, but with a bonus. Wonderful. There is now a microphone icon at the bottom right hand of the screen that allows you to leave us a voicemail. So give us your ideas in your own voice or any ex-girlfriends. Really give it to Nathan anonymously. All right. And once you're done palling around our new virtual digs, take a load off with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. As a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show, where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my Fast Five send-off, where I'll rattle off the definitive list of the top five nicknames for your shovel. And finally, as host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule for today's game. Bonus points to the man who has the most random object in arm's reach. But don't grab it now. Let your object air out, and we'll get to it at the end of the show. Nathan, you won the pre-show bench press contest. But let's be honest, you both only lifted the bar. So with your feeble <laughs> arms on blast, Nathan, you may go first. Okay. Uh, well, uh, thank you. Uh, my. <laughs> yeah. My, thank my num- you. My number five is, and I believe I'm pronouncing this right, but probably not. Sister Ber- Bertril. Bertril. Sister Bertril. Bertril. Uh, Bertie. Bertie. We'll go with. Yeah. Anyways, this is. This is also known as the Flying Nun. Oh my word! Just as we're getting started here, there's two nuns on the list. Oh, that's what I'm gonna match up today. Holy cow! Uh, both at number at? five. You both got nuns. Mitch, who do you have at your number five? I have um, Sister Sarah, my kindergarten teacher. So, oh wow! Well, this is gonna be a. a Battle of the Wits. Yeah. All right, Nathan, you were first, so please kind of kindly describe to us Sister Birdie, the Flying Nun. Well, she is uh, different from Sister Sarah in one uh, main, well, two main uh, uh, instances here. One, be careful. Be careful what you say. One, she can fly. 
and oh, okay. uh, two two she's fictional. Oh, uh, oh. so the Flying Nun was for some reason a sitcom in the 1960s, <laughs> and I did I did a lot of research into this, and mm. as far as I can tell. The premise was that there was a nun who could fly. <laughs> and that is basically as far as it went. And they stretched this out for three seasons. Now, this three nun seasons. who could fly. The, the flying aspect was supposed to be like something that helped her solve problems. Okay. And we'll come back to that. But the reason she could fly is because she was a very slight figure. Like she only weighed 110 pounds. And the nun habit, the... Uh, the traditional dress it had a a hat sort of thing some sort Mm -hmm. of headgear with a big sort of paper things that worked as wings and so if if the situation (laughs) called for it she could position herself against a light breeze and start to fly and this is this is featured in the opening credit sequence with the uh the title theme who needs wings to fly that's true (laughs) what and, uh, Who needs wings to fly? And she she has she has a quote from the series: "When lift plus thrust is greater than load plus drag, anything can fly." So keep that in mind if you're having Are a bad day. Just remember: me? when lift plus thrust is greater than load plus drag, anything can fly. What it's got a ring to it? What a what a great punchline for a joke that we missed part of. I'm guessing, right? That's a- yeah. <laughs> and so she also. Uh, she also runs into a situation with uh, there's a, a young boy. Uh, he wants to fly and wears the hat, but she does point <laughs> out in 1960s fashion that a boy can't fly because his weight will be distributed differently throughout his body than a woman's. And so that's why <laughs> they, he couldn't fly in the hat. So they really stuck to physics in the flying yeah. nun. Wow. Well, so I, I tried to find an example of uh, her flying and how this saved the day. Okay. And in the episode I looked at, I couldn't find one. Uh, so, but she did fly. And it just seemed to be just to, because it was like, well, they have a lot of footage of her flying or like of her in front of a terrible. Are there, are there, are there backdrop. words? Are there words to the theme song? No, there are not. Oh, boo. Yeah. So it would be, it would not help in the audio only format to, (laughs) but so, so she, so in the the episode I saw, I I skipped ahead to the next time she was trying to fly. And there there were some guys there who were like, ah, see, she's going to fly. It's going to be great. And then she couldn't because the wind wasn't strong enough. I guess that was the joke. Oh my. And then, then I skipped further ahead. And those same guys were in some sort of seedy nightclub and they were doing a bad mobster impression and calling uh, whoever their adversaries were Finks. <laughs> F-I-N-K-S. Finks? Yeah, they're a bunch of Finks. And so that was who the Flying Nun was getting involved with. But I, after I'm describing this overall embarrassing show, like I was, it was those feelings when you watch somebody else and you're cringing because you're embarrassed for them. That was yeah. the whole way I felt looking at everything I was learning about this program. Sure. And, oh God. And uh, so, who do you think played the flying nun? Any guesses off the top of your heads? I actually know this, so it's not a guess for me at all. But, Brian, um, do you have a? Do you know, or is it? A, do you have a guess? I know as well because I'm an avid Smokey and the Bandit fan. So it's, please, uh, let yeah. it rip. Sally Field, the illustrious oh, wow. Sally Field, was playing the flying nun, and so in later series. Sally Field became pregnant. <laughs> and wait, wait, in, wait, wait, in real wait, life uh, or in the show? In real life. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, say, okay. What a writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> They're really going for it. It's so the this, grounded season. Uh, yeah. No wins picking. So yeah. this became a problem, but also this this uh, does allow me to tell one of my favorite jokes of all time. Uh, hey, Mitch. <laughs> hey, yeah. Mitch, how, how did the nun get pregnant? Uh, I, I don't know, Nathan. How? Someone fucked her. so anyways someone had apparently (laughs) someone had knocked up sally field in real life and so sally field was pregnant and that throws off the whole premise of her being a celibate nun so they can't have her broken and pregnant but they were equally as worried because as you pointed out brian physics were taken very seriously 
And so yeah. she no longer was at flying weight if she was pregnant. So they had to film her <laughs> with obstacles in front of her uh, abdomen uh, area and yes, use, a, use a stunt double and long distance for the flying shots. They didn't so, cancel the show. <laughs> this show ran for three seasons. And according to Wikipedia, the second season, they went for more slapstick humor. But then in the third season, went back to more of the sentimental saccharine sort of lesson learned type of humor. And it was uh, the 60s and they made three seasons. So they probably made what, like 102 total episodes, something like that. There were, uh, yeah, like it would, be, it would be way too many episodes of this. this <laughs> yeah. Millions of dollars were spent on this absolute train wreck of an idea. <sighs> too much time on this train wreck. Try and save it, Mitch. Go ahead, head to head with this flying nun who's pregnant with your real life nun. Yeah, uh, my, my nun never got pregnant. Uh, she, that you know she, of. She never had a child, and that's why she had so much love to give to all of us young children at school. And I'm talking about Sister Sarah, my kindergarten teacher. She was the perfect kindergarten teacher. She was bright. She was sunny. She was warm. She could give a good hug, and she liked to smile. She also played the guitar and could tickle the keys and could play a recorder and had a nice voice. And she is who I learned how to be nice from. I mean, my parents kind of taught us, but like at school, she was very warm. She taught everyone to be compassionate, to have empathy. Uh, and she once caught me making out in the coat room with, with two girls. And she didn't even, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't send me to time out for 10 minutes. She didn't make me feel bad about it. She just said, would you three please rejoin the class as we, uh, pretended that we were just looking through our backpacks and then we're like, but yes, of course, we will rejoin the class. Um, but so she was a very nice teacher. Wait, you were having makeout sessions in the closet at five years old? Yes. Uh, it, it was like in the back of the room and it was sort of like um, one – it was like a little like mini hallway in the back of the room only it was like, you know, just like, like a wall basically. So on the other side of this wall – long stanchion of cubbies and hooks for your coats and whatnot. And so this, yeah, a nice little runway back there. And uh, yeah, me and, and two girls went back there and we were, uh, Melanie and Jasmine, we were kissing. So at five. Yeah. Kindergarten. Yeah. That is weird. What, what's, <laughs> hey, you wrong, know what? what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I guess, I guess there must've been something, but sister Sarah didn't make me feel like there was anything wrong with me. She was like, this is well, natural. I'm not sister Sarah. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's some real pent up sexual energy starting very early in well, the you, kindergarten. You know, I guess I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't remember how it came about. I just remember that it happened and that we pretended to be looking through our backpacks for our lunches when she came in. Cause we thought that would all be believable. Three people at once looking for their lunches. So um, she didn't buy it, of course. But oh, yeah. So it's high school level plot being dished to her at a fifth grade or sorry, five year old level. She's it's too much for her to handle. Uh, it was also I should say I didn't start kindergarten at five. I was probably six. So I just want to make that out there. I wasn't OK, so some, that doesn't make I it wasn't any different. Super genius starting school at five. So um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying it, to remember like I can't even remember. Any, I remember like what I have one memory from preschool and it was me trying to get a girl to share a booger with me, not make out with me. What is wrong with you? That is incredibly yeah. sexual. My yeah, that's God, worse. That's trying to yeah. share your booger with a girl. No, Wait. she she asked me if I ate mine and I was like, Boogers no, but a euphemism, right? No. Oh, OK. Wait, well, you want I. <laughs> yeah. Nah. We didn't exchange boogers. They were our own personal <laughs> boogers, okay? There was no exchange of fluids like in Mish's story. All right, okay. so let's continue. Okay, but, you but six-year-old so, sex monger. So well, what was also so great about Sister Sarah is that she had a direct um, com uh, comparison, one grade above her in Sister Pauline. Sister Pauline, classic, angry, mean, Catholic school nun. She would uh, pick you up and shake you a bit if you were talking too much. Oh she my. might give you a nice spank on the backside if you weren't listening. She would grab you by the ear if you were like, you know, getting out of out of the line on your way to the bathroom. She didn't take no shit, no prisoners, no monkey fuss, none of that. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a brakemanism if I've ever heard one. <laughs> oh, monkey fuss around here! All right, no monkey fuss, no monkey fuss. But Sister Sarah. She always knew she she had that 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 coo to her voice. She'd be like, you know, ooh, children, ooh, mm -mm, mm -mm, come back to the come back to the flock, come back to the sitting rug, and like bring, you know, she'd play a, a nice relaxing chord, and then she'd bring us right back in again. So um, I have I have a lot to to thank uh, Sister Sarah for. She was right there on the first floor, 
Um, she always had a, a really beautiful uh, room. She was very good at decorating it. And she taught me ha- this uh, style of coloring where you go really hard on the outside, on the outside edge, and you go a little bit lighter on the inside. So like each piece that you yeah. Yeah, color is kind of fun. Yeah. That is um, nice. Yeah. So I just, uh, Sister Sarah, I love you. I, I don't know if you're still alive. I hope you are. If you are, I hope your life is great. So um, I want to thank you for that. And she if you is, are, I'm sorry I implied you might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was, uh, she was old already, you know, at, at five. So it's been, you know, it's been a long time. So I'd be surprised if she was uh, alive still. Um, but yeah. And, and I had her when, when my school was still St. Luke's, you know, now it's St. Thomas More, and it had another name in between there and another name in between that. So uh-huh. um, good, good memories for me. And um, I'm trying to, th- trying to think of any other details about Sister Sarah. Oh, she, she wore a great flowy dress with a, with a sweater cardigan over the top. I remember that. She, you know, she, something very like she could move in, you know, she could play her guitar. She could wrangle kids. So dare we say fly, maybe. <laughs> yes. Perhaps. I didn't even think about that. I never saw her drive a car. She might have just flown home. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, as host, it's one of the hardest parts of my job is to try and score these stare downs. And I have to come to what is the call to action at the button of each of these number fives? Mitch, you made me think about weird kids making out near cubbies. Yep. Nathan, you made me think about, hey, maybe there's a fun show I can hate watch one day. So Nathan's getting the points. Three points to you, Nathan. Are you kidding? What? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that, that that shouldn't surprise you in the the, least, Mitchell. Brian, that was the thinnest defense for giving someone a win on a stare down. I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Number four, Nathan. (laughs) Take us back. Come on. Number four. I, I would like to include a teacher nun story that of my father's real quickly is when oh my, my dad was like 16 or something. He got a guitar to take guitar lessons and he took guitar lessons from a nun and she stole <laughs> his guitar. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of my dad's guitar career. <laughs> was, this, was, this a, was this a traveling nun that was going from town to town and just I was actually... I don't think so. I, he just, she just like, I guess he left it at the nuns, like wherever they were doing the lessons or whatever. And then yeah. she was like, yeah, you can get it next time. And then he showed up the next time and she's like, well, where's your guitar? And he's like, you have it. She's Are like, no. Nope. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she stole his guitar. Uh, wow. Yeah. I've uh, always said you can't trust the n- no nuns. You can't trust them. No. Yeah. They're shifty. Hiding behind those weird hats. <laughs> uh, she flew away with his guitar. So number four, I have, I have, and I, I, again, I may not be pronouncing this right, but I believe it's the Trung sisters. And these, uh, we're going all the way back to the first century of the common era. So 2000 years ago in the land of Vietnam. Okay. And, uh, Vietnam was being taken over by the Chinese, uh, big superpower. And they were coming in and sort of infringing upon the Vietnamese culture. And they were uh, taxing the region. They were putting taxes on things like salt, you know, the most simple things in life. And uh, so, and also the the Vietnamese society at this time was very much uh, uh, in terms of uh, equal rights and equal influence for both women and men. The Chinese culture was very patriarchal. And so they were imposing all of this on uh, the Vietnamese people. And so the Trung family were, they were aristocrats. And uh, they were getting, you know, shoehorned out of wherever they were. So they were they were stirring up the locals and they were going to start a little rebellion. And so the Chinese didn't like this. The Chinese governor, he didn't care about this. He was like, no, we're going to we're going to put a stop to this. So they took one of these sisters uh, husbands and they chopped his head off. Uh, So that was that was pretty excessive, they thought. And uh, so they started going from town to town and they started uh, rustling up all the locals and uh, they had already they had been trained in the military arts because, as I said, this society was very uh, equal minded. Mm -hmm. And so they eventually got to the point where they had 80,000 people in their army with 60 women generals, including their mother and also widows of the people who the Chinese had been executing. And so they stormed through uh, the Chinese occupied territory and they took everything back. And the guy who was the Chinese governor who had been uh, messing everything up had to shave his head and sneak out in disguise. 
And so these women oh. became the uh, queen and empress regent of the the region for a good solid three years. And then um, uh, there's, sto- there's stories. These are pretty, pretty sure these are legends. But the stories that grew from this was that some of the women who were fighting, that one of them actually gave birth on the battlefield. Take that with a, a grain of untaxed revolutionary salt. <laughs> but... <laughs> But anyways, they, so they, they ruled for three years, and then uh, unfortunately, the uh, the Chinese sent in the full might of their powers and uh, took everything back. And it did not end so well for these sisters. They they aren't sure exactly what happened to them, but they uh, were removed forcibly from uh, their station at the top. But uh, pretty badass run there from the Trunk sisters. Wow. I did not think I was going to learn something tonight. So this is... I didn't either. That's a win. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, I was going to try and think of a joke about beheading, but it feels like it wouldn't land or be accepted in this current. I'm in the same boat, which sharing. is why I'm just going to ask you, Mitch, why don't you give me your number four? And <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, sure. Let sure. me uh, try to make uh, make jokes about this important history lesson. Yeah, sometimes it's not always good to make light. Well, um, these next sisters... Um, did a lot also for their people, uh, just in a bit different way. Um, perhaps, or that might've been a very off base thing I just said, but we'll see here. My number four are the Haynes sisters from the classic white person, uh, Christmas film, white Christmas. Uh, there it is. Sisters, there were never such devoted sisters. Never had to have a chaperone, no sir. I'm here to keep my eye on her. Caring, sharing, every little thing that we are wearing. I was um, trying so, to yeah. sing along, but I don't know since we're we're remote from each other. The timing might have no. Been it's off. completely out of time, and it's been yeah. great for everyone to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So, but you missed you missed the best the best line of the song, of course. Mitch, Mitch, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the best line, in my opinion, would be, uh, I don't know. Wait, uh, I don't know. Lord help the Lord mister. Lord help the mister oh, yeah. who comes between me and my, <laughs> my sister. sister. And Lord help the sister <laughs> who comes between me and my man. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that is the best line. Um, I, I, I feel like a bit of a fraud that I didn't remember that off the top of my head, but, um, these two sisters are elegant. They're doing a nightclub act. Brian, have you seen White Christmas? I have not. You have not. Okay. Oh, I know what we're doing. December 24th, boys. <laughs> Get the hot chocolate ready. <laughs> um, but uh, this is George's uh, uh, aunt, Rosemary, is one of these sisters. The, the other Rosemary one is- Clooney. Yeah, Rosemary Clooney. Uh, the other one is, what's her name? Something Allen. Um, I don't know that's- Whatever. But yeah, so they are in beautiful ball gowns. They're at a lounge in Florida and they're performing. And uh, there's uh, Bing and Danny see them and say, hey, we got to take this hack on the road with us. Whatever. Like they're <laughs> they're a, they're a whiz bang duo, whatever. You know, <laughs> they're talking about. And uh, and it's big duo. And th- no they, monkey fuss here. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'd like to get them on the train and do all the monkey fussing that, that I can with and those sisters. Yeah. Uh, and they're completely taken by him. The sisters play him like a fiddle to uh, to advance their careers. And um, they look just in- incredibly elegant. And I, that is the best um, song, in my opinion, in the movie. And then Bing and Danny do their own rendition of it. Uh, when the sisters have to sneak out the back of the club. Um, mm-hmm. And so they pretend to be sisters, which is just body good times when men are pretending to be women in the 50s. Man, it's incredible. Uh, it got better three decades later with Bosom Buddies. So it, it's, it's a yeah, fine, exactly. fine trope. Leaps, leaps and bounds ahead. Um, and another fun thing about this movie is that uh, these two women look nothing like sisters, which is, you know, pretty classic for movies, though. Uh, but. They look out for each other. Uh, they're always in each other's corner, which is which is very nice. And they're always pulling for each other. You know, they want each other to find love, um, which is always a, a nice um, uh, with men thing thirty years older than them. Hey, you took my next bit. That was my next bit. Rosemary Clooney's twenty four, and she's falling for Bing, who's fifty one. And you'd think she'd figure it out in the movie when he offers her like, uh, what is it, like a liverwurst sandwiches with milk. 
she's gonna be like, what are you, a goddamn <laughs> grandfather? Get out of here. You know, like that's a dead giveaway when a guy's like, oh yeah, I love, oh, a lot of stinky mustard and horseradish with some liver on a sandwich. Like you're clearly an old man. Bing Crosby's um, uh, slacks, and I believe slacks is the only <laughs> word appropriate. They're, yep. they're up to about his rib cage in this movie. He's They are so high. It's, it, it's clearly covering his bourbon and cigarette gut. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, Bing's Bing's skin not holding up well throughout the movie. You, like, you can tell like w- what weeks he was drinking heavily when he wasn't on camera. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, Rosemary <laughs> Clooney um, is incredible throughout, and uh, she has a real real presence um, on screen in this one. Um, and so yeah, th- that's my number four, the Haynes sisters, um, and of course they they end up you know saving the day. Um, with their with their performances towards the end, um, so yeah. The the uh, little fact that I learned about this last Christmas was I'm not sure if it was on the sisters' songs, but there are some songs in that movie where both Rosemary Clooney's and what was the other woman's name? Uh, something Allen. It, is it? It's not Joan Allen. It might be Joan Allen. I, I don't remember now off well, the top of my head. But well, uh, it's actually it's sort of like a singing in the rain scenario where Rosemary Clooney is actually doing both voices singing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's doing both parts. Uh, that's how talented she was. Yeah. We all know that the, it's in the Clooney genes. Like, come on. Yeah. Like it, that got passed down a real lucky line of folks. Yeah. Uh, right. the, and the, the, the other actress, though, too, she was um, a very an excellent dancer. Unbelievable and, dancer. Yeah, an unbelievable dancer. And also, like, famous for her i think she had like a 24 inch waist or something like that like she oh my god she, she definitely had an eating problem but it's crazy to see because she's maybe like 90 pounds during the filming it's but just like doing these kicks where her her knees get up to the side of her you know of like her forehead like she goes all the way up with them so yeah there's some really impressive uh impressive dance numbers um you know from the era of film where like there's no like close-up shots or cutting like they just show the whole number so yeah that's my number four and the audience can look forward to us recreating that dance number in full this christmas (laughs) all right number four i'm gonna score them out uh nathan i'm I'm glad you highlighted these sisters we needed to know them but i'm sorry didn't bring out the fun as like i was hoping so you're getting two points to mitch's three for well it's christmas like you're playing to me (laughs) even on a movie i haven't seen nice work gotcha so gotcha Three to two. Uh, let's go snake round this time, Mitchell. Bring me number three. All my, right. My number three um, it comes directly from my my upbringing and my heritage, and it's 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 my family core, and that is um, my parents' hometown of Melrose, Minnesota. And the reason I'm picking this is that because it is a sister city to not one but two cities in Germany. And this is not normal because Melrose is only about 3,500 people. And they've got two sister cities. They love being connected to other sisters across the world. Buell, Germany and Legden, Germany. Now, there's not a lot to do in Melrose necessarily. You can go to El Portal, get some good Mexican food. You can go to um, my favorite pizza place in Melrose, John Doe's. <laughs> D-O-U-G-H. Yes, Nathan, you can laugh. That this is the point where you go, yes, that's a good one. Um, it, it actually took me a minute to get where that <laughs> pun was going. I literally would have needed to read the sign. That's <laughs> yeah. that's how stupid I am. Welcome to Minnesota, the pizza place where we only serve missing persons. Come on down for no monkey fuss. Um they uh <laughs> Sorry, I was I was I was gonna do a missing persons joke, and then he said monkey fuss, and I was I was, <laughs> was thrown into it to a tither. Um, you know it'll throw you off and just sisters, <laughs> sisters, sisters. Uh, so and then, but there, the Buell, Germany. It's an industrial town. There's nothing too crazy about it. But Legden, Germany, beautiful small town, about six seven thousand people. Every couple years, they have the Dahlia Festival. Now Legden is quite near. Um, where they grow a lot of tulips in in uh, the Netherlands. But here, they have the Dahlia Festival. They have floats covered in dahlias of all different colors. Um, so this draws a lot of uh, flower tourists, 
are there a lot of those? Well, in Legden, there are uh, every three years when they have the the festival. Uh, and also, of course, they're a quaint little town. They love their beer. Um, they have some nice little B&Bs and whatnot. Um, and so I just – I'm just proud of, of Melrose. You know, they um, – for a long time, the, the the biggest thing in town was was like the new water tower that went in in the mid nineties. Oh, I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> we in, in seventh grade, we uh, everybody in school we walked around the corner and yeah. joined all the retirees <laughs> who had taken lawn chairs and sat them there as they took the crane and put the top half of the new Roseville water tower on top of the room that was already up there on the structure. Yep. That was how, that was a school, like the whole afternoon. We just watched <laughs> them swing this thing and drop it right on top. And everybody, every single person from age five to age 90 was like, yeah, they got the dimensions wrong. That thing ain't going to fit up there. And of course, of course it did. Cause what did we know? We were idiots. Anyways, <laughs> I thought you were going to say we all burst out in applause and a great American heroic thing. And it was well, like we, really, a, it no, literally, no, they, they fucked that up. We, we, it, took fucked them, that up. it took them so long that we had to go back to like finish school before they finished it. So we didn't even get to see the, the crowning. They're moment. probably up there being like, we're not waiting for them. Like we have a job to do. Yeah. Like, you can sit your lawn chairs out all goddamn day. I got to make sure these bolts line up, bitch. <laughs> oh. That I I mean, when when it went up in Melrose, my grandma she told us she told us a story about it, and you could see it from her she front porch, <laughs> and it had that you know you know like when the '90s when they did logos, it was kind of like it was like splashy and like and like maybe there's like yeah. droplets of paint that were left behind you know by the letters. Um, that's that's what the the logo was, and so it was it was part of their new push you know for for tourism and you know and and people to move in and to expand the. Um, Span the town. So, yeah, water uh, tower logos are important. I can I can yeah. tell you the name of the woman who designed the, the floral. <laughs> it was it was a, a lovely lady named Helen Perrine who did. Who, she was a, a local lady who did paintings. She was a classmate of my grandfather in high school, and she painted a rose thing that then was then went on the water tower. Wow! See, it, it's funny you say it because. There, there's a town about 15 minutes uh, south of Melrose. Like when you're driving to it, you'll pass it. And um, and this town had a smiley water tower, and it was right by the freeway. So when you always pass, you know, ooh, there's the the water tower with the big smiley face on it. We got 10 minutes left to Grandma's house, and so I think <laughs> I think there was like water tower envy and competition going on in the area. So Melrose was like, we're, we're putting up a bigger one. It's going to be much whiter, much brighter, and it's going to be splashy with a big M for, for Melrose. Um, whiter and brighter. <laughs> Melrose, Minnesota. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and the, 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 other, the other attraction for us as kids growing up, there is a business there that they, they install and service milking machines for local area farms. And um, their business name on the billboard, it just says, we do cows. Um, and, <laughs> and we always thought that was the funniest thing because you're like, oh, that's, we do cows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little tawdry. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I'm, but I'm, in general, I'm just, I'm just proud of Melrose. I'm proud they have two sister cities over in Germany. Uh, actually, I have, I have a couple cousins who went over to Germany uh, in exchange programs during high school. So, it actually helps connect the world a little tighter. So. You are describing my grandma Barb's dream to see a town changing event through her window while sitting down. <laughs> this, she would love nothing more than to have this happen near her. So uh, to grandma Barb, let's hope they change that, uh, that windmill. At least you can see outside your window now very shortly. Uh, Tom and Nathan for your number three. Well, my number three. <laughs> God. <laughs> we lost Mitch. Sorry, Mitch is dying. sorry, it just it just reminded me I was at a parade once with my grandparents and they didn't want to get out of the car. So we stayed in the car and watched the parade from inside of a car. And one of the parade floats was just a speedboat being pulled that had a keg on it. And all the old people that didn't want to get out of their cars just honked for beers and the high school kids would fill up beers and run them to the cars for the old people. <laughs> 
and it just made me think of that. Like, we're not going to get out of the car for this parade. No. So, yeah. Sorry. Nathan, I, I, I won't take any more of your time. Uh, well, this is it's it's a good segue into into mine because this is a very Grandma Barb small town uh, friendly selection, and that's the village of Sister Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, oh. This is in Door County on the Door Peninsula up there in northeastern Wisconsin, where I have been on about twenty vacations with my family, most recently being two years ago. So, Sister Bay is one of the most year round. Uh, towns in Door County. It's mostly a seasonal place, but Sister Bay's got uh, it's got got enough going on. They have a Piggly Wiggly grocery store. I don't know. Have either of you shopped at a Piggly Wiggly? I have. Yes, I Recently. have at all. It's the first grocery store, I believe, like that actually decided not to have somebody pick your groceries for you. They came up with the aisle systems where you can go down and actually pick your groceries and price them yourselves, as opposed to giving somebody a list and be like, yeah, I'll get this. This will be six quarters. Nope. They changed the game. Really? Yeah. Piggly Wiggly changed the game. Wow. That is, that is amazing. I did not know that. Well, I will yes. appreciate the pig as we call it even more next time uh, I'm shopping for my uh, Ritz crackers and uh, cheese whiz, the classic <laughs> infant family vacation staple. Uh, so not not far from the pig, you can of course go to the Pirates Cove mini golf uh, oh. place. Oh, <laughs> have you ever <laughs> you ever mini golfed at a Pirates Cove? Oh my gosh! Well, this is as fun as it gets. <laughs> they have they have like the big plastic caves where there might be uh, some treasure inside. Oh, and you you they got waterfalls and you, you hit the the thing and it goes into the fun water stuff. and then and then it just your ball floats down the stream oh, and then it goes down yeah, a hole a and it pops one. out somewhere else. Oh, that's the good stuff. And at that's each, at one. each hole, you know, there's a, it's a whole 18 hole course here. We're not, it's yeah. no nine hole course. You're getting your money's worth. This is sister Bay, Wisconsin boys. This is, we're not getting scammed here. Okay. At each hole, there is a little, uh, informational, uh, placard at the beginning at the T as I believe the golfers call it the T yep. Yep. and it tells you T-box. some facts. T-box. Yeah, some facts, mm-hmm. some hard facts about some different pirates like Blackbeard <laughs> and, and so on. So you get a little history lesson, which I have had, as I said, about 20 times. Can't remember any of, of the uh, <laughs> any of Edward Teach was the name of Blackbeard. I picked that up after 20 times. <laughs> That's all I've got. That's all the retention I have. Anyways, after you're done golfing, you can head on in to uh, what's the other great uh, Midwestern white recreational activity that's right bowling you had to oh. the sister bay bowl <laughs> sister bay bowl, bowl and supper club now it's not Ooh. a restaurant it's a supper club supper club wow. very different it's built on a on a hill as you come into town and so it's it's very oh. difficult to negotiate building that they somehow crammed a bowling alley into very awkward but uh, if you like bowling, Did people walk to this building and be like, all right, we want to put a bowling alley in you. It, and the building's like, I don't know about that. I'm on a hill. It was, uh, you drive a hard bargain, <laughs> but uh, we'll do it. That's are literally you, what you would think if you saw this. Are, 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 yes. are, are you bowling uphill or downhill? Because one way would be much tougher. <laughs> it, oh, it's an uphill bowl. You really oh, got to okay. you really got to put your ass into that, baby. Sister Bay's uphill bowl. But then, yeah, no you, monkey fuss. Yeah, you, you head down to the head down the main the main drag there in Sister Bay. You're looking out over uh, over the uh, the Green Bay, uh, you know, on off the Door Peninsula. There, absolutely picturesque, beautiful. And you run into Al Johnson's Swedish Restaurant. Oh, baby. Oh. So here's the thing about Al Johnson's Swedish Restaurant. <laughs> it looks like a log cabin up there in Sweden, and yep. you've got your Swedish pancakes. Your lingonberries, oh baby! You got your yep. Swedish meatballs. You got waitresses dressed like they're from the 1800s in Sweden, and but here's the thing: on the roof, cleavage. There's a front, sorry. <laughs> well, these 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 waitresses have been there since the original Al Johnson founded the place in about 1965. I will say that. So cleavage. But, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry, but on the roof, not sorry. Okay, there is grass. Oh. And do you know why there is grass on the roof? Because there's goats. Because there are goats on the roof. Yeah! And I, w- I want to speak directly to the listeners here. If you have not eaten in a restaurant with goats on the roof, by God, get off your asses and eat in a restaurant <laughs> with goats on the roof. The food tastes 15% better. It is a truly magical experience. You can't help. I've been there, as I said, 20 times. 
every time we go, we got to wait outside and try to get the pose correctly where you can get the family in with a goat behind them on the roof because it's it's equally amazing every time. Anyways, get your asses up to Sister Bay, Wisconsin and eat in a restaurant where there are goats 10 feet above you. Delicious. <laughs> Do you ever hear like like yeah. Yes, we do oh, because of the goats. <laughs> on, on account of the goats, we hear goat noises. Yeah, but do, no. I'm sorry. I, I was trying to do a noise of a goat falling off the roof. Do the goats ever fall off the roof? No. You, this is what goats are famous for. They're up in the mountains and they don't fall. This is well, this is what goats some, were made for. Some goats are not. All, I mean, not all goats are, are good at bouncing though. These goats have been put through the ringer. Only okay, the finest okay. goats. At, okay. These are first round draft pick goats at Al wow. Johnson's. All right. All right. I'm it, sorry. I'm sorry. They're just Everyone... driving out to a farm and grabbing goats at random here. <laughs> this is professional stuff. Okay. Okay. These are non monkey fuss goats. Everyone's got a restaurant in Wisconsin uh, on whatever trip you take. Sorry. My accent kicked in there. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, as you're heading up there, ours is Pioneer Family Restaurant in Westfield, Wisconsin, which is about a third of the way up to where we usually go. And there's like a giant like fake Paul Bunyan outside. He's kind of more like it's just like, I don't know. It's not that great. But inside you get a giant plate of biscuits and gravy and a bathroom that is way too small. And you get to stand at a urinal and look at just the finest lures you have ever seen. <laughs> just stacked four in a row. Handmade there. Oh, just wonderful. That's how many t- towns? I have no in, how many towns in Wisconsin and Minnesota have a Paul Bunyan statue? Because this is like the thirtieth that I've heard of, whether in anecdote or TV and film. The original I mean, town is Brainerd, Minnesota. That one's got the original Paul and Babe up there, uh, right near uh, Paul Bunyan Land. Actually, too is up there. So that's the original. I don't know about uh, any other towns because the rest are imposters, uh, imitators, if you will. It's not really like a Paul Bunyan. He has like a flannel shirt on. It's kind of who's the. Uh, not Don Quixote either, but somebody who's kind of like got the. Uh, well, those are two very different people. There's a lot the of room. Who's got like a fur, fur, like a fur <laughs> hat a with flying a tail. nun statue? Oh, is that da- Davy Crockett. Like a Davy Crockett type look, but like in a Paul Bunyan pose. It's like a, a generic like, uh, frontiersman sort of thing. A generic pioneer outside okay. the Pioneer got Family okay. Restaurant. I'll yeah, say, it's just like without the, the the red and black buffalo check shirt, it's not Paul Bunyan, and he, and he's, he's got to have the the the, the classic watch style. Uh, um, Winter, no, what, pine, winter cap and, a, and an axe? No, no, no. It's more of the Crockett style, like oh, fur. Okay, okay. And instead of standing there with an axe, he's holding like an oar, but there's no water around him. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. I don't know. I got to get us out of Wisconsin. Three points all around. <laughs> Hold Great on. round. Quick question. Isn't 18 holes in mini golf too much mini golf? Just like 18 holes of regular golf is too much regular golf. Only if you suck at mini golf. Boom. Yeah. Mic drop. Oh. <laughs> I think 12, 12 to 13 holes is the perfect amount of holes. It depends on how creative the holes are. Well, I, you know what? I, I, I still like no matter how creative they are, unless there's a mini golf course out there that is longer than any courses I've played. But I feel like I always get bored after after like 12 holes. Maybe because like, you're losing. You you have not been learning the fun facts about pirates that the rest of us had. That is I <laughs> if if I could do if I could do 72 holes of Pirates Cove, I would. Well, maybe if I knew old, you know, Peg leg, uh, M- M- McShrimp, you know, sailed the, the the South Sea and stole gold at his whim, you know, maybe maybe then I would enjoy uh mini golf a little more. Um but I don't know. I just I feel like 17 holes is maybe just a little too monkey, too much monkey fuss, you know, for one <laughs> afternoon. Uh, 12 feels like enough to me. That again, my opinion, you guys, my opinion. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not coming for your clubs. All right. All right. Good. Because I mean, the regulation. OK, good. Uh, let's, st- let's, st- let's stick with Nathan. Give us your number two snake round again. So you're snaking us again, bro. You're getting snaked twice. Oh my bro. God. Well, I so on this one, I avoided a stare down. There was a way you could have linked this, and I, I, I won't say I won't say how because that'll okay. be a spoiler. But I went with the Weird Sisters, which are the classic witches from Macbeth in uh, Shakespeare. And oh. I love bringing up Shakespeare because Shakespeare is like most people who talk about Shakespeare, something I have half read and half understood, but mm-hmm. like to bring it up to make myself sound smart. So <laughs> these are these are the three witches with the classic uh, the the speech of double double toil and trouble, toil and, trouble. And, and, yeah. and so on and so forth you know have you seen the new trailer by the way for the a24 reboot with denzel i have not no 
Uh, it look, it's very black and white, very pretty. I suggest everyone go take a look. It looks like it's going to be an interesting film. I will be checking that Excellent. out. Excellent. Very nice. Excellent. And so, so uh, <laughs> Halloween is, is, is not too far away as, as we record this. And huh? uh, th- th- all of the tropes of uh, <laughs> yeah, all of the tropes of which is sort of passed through this. Uh, you know, it, it was uh, not an entire invention of Shakespeare. He was taking folklore and whatever, but it was sort of condensed and crystallized, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's been built on. Uh, through the years. Uh, for instance, of course, the movie Hocus Pocus has three witches, which is uh, based on that. Yep. And uh, I have never seen Hocus Pocus, which makes me... Fuck you. Get out of here. It <laughs> make, well, I, I did. I Fuck. did. It was on. I was in the room where it was on when I was in seventh grade, but we were all too busy just like being seventh graders. So yeah, seventh grade is too old to see it for the first time. You got to be you got to yeah. be younger to get. Hooked. But I know I know it's a Halloween classic. And then and then also uh, there is, of course, uh, the great movie featuring uh, two fine actresses. Uh, called Double Double Toil and Trouble, the TV movie from 1993 starring the Olsen twins. Oh. So, you know, that's that's another classic that they were uh, mm. an offshoot of this uh, Shakespearean, uh, you know, what, you ha- what have you. Mm-hmm. Also, we've got the Weird Sisters, the rock band. This is uh, in the Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which is made up of uh, members of Radiohead and Pulp. Yes, Pulp, that band that I don't know anything about. <laughs> I'll say I've never Jar- heard of Pulp. Jarvis you're, Jarvis Cocker is a lead singer. I know that, but yeah, they're in there in one scene. Uh, so of course, I the inspiration pulp, is so the inspiration is the, the the three fates, and and so the, the the thing is they they set the whole play in motion because they basically tell Macbeth that he will one day be king, which means he's King Duncan has got to go, and then he kills him, and so the big question is, of course, like in the Matrix. When he knocks the thing over, he's like, don't worry about the vase. What vase? He knocks over the vase. But would you have <gasps> knocked it over if I didn't tell you? That's the whole, yeah, that whole thing. But uh, is there a curse from these witches? Is there? And the answer is yes. The play is cursed. Actors do not refer to Macbeth by name because it's apparently, it's some dumb superstition, but they, <laughs> they call it the Scottish play. Oh. So to any of our listeners there who want to sound like they're, They've got the in with the uh, theater crowd. Sometime refer to Macbeth as the Scottish play, and uh, you'll you'll get a lot of brownie points. Anyways, that's that's enough about something. Again, I have half read and half understood. I go to theaters purposefully yelling Macbeth, hoping a light falls and, <laughs> and kill, kills an extra. Because I'm Is like, that, I always say, I, I've I've always heard someone yelling Macbeth during my improv shows, and that's been you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this thing over yet, Macbeth? <laughs> Macbeth. Macbeth! <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I I do seem to to not be able to come up with funny stuff when I'm doing improv. I think that's because you're you yelling and, Macbeth. You and every, you and every other improv I should have called it the Scottish play, and then you would have been funny. No, that's not what we're doing here today. Oh, my God. Anything else, Nathan? That's it. Before I move on to this improv genius. I'm done. I'm done. I, I don't even know why I'm, like, shitting on you. Like, all of your improv I've seen has actually been good, so there, oh. there's, there's no need for the insults. Wait, really? Thank you. Your improv, that's, not anyone else's. That's nice of you to say. Okay. <laughs> that's just because you're my friend. That's all. Okay. My number two, here we go, um, is a, an incredible, incredible force of nature in the entertainment industry, and that is the Olsen sisters. Now, of course, we know the ones, Mary-Kate <laughs> and Ashley from Full House mm-hmm. and their enormous empire of kids' products, kids' movies, kids' clothes, kids' backpacks, kids' snacks, uh, kid pencils. Uh, kid shoes, kid jumpers, kid posters, kid notebooks, kid folders, all those kind of things. They ruled the roost when we were kids. They made so much goddamn money. And I kind of love that they made all that money and now they're just kind of, they're not trying to do too much. They're just kind of chilling. And they haven't forced their way back into uh, showbiz. Maybe they don't want to go back in and I totally respect them for that. But then their sister, Elizabeth Olsen, she has quickly become one of the most sought-after actresses in Hollywood. Uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene, if you haven't seen it yet, you got to see it. Her starring opposite John Hawks is an absolutely riveting, riveting tale about a small little cult. It is 
it is do like John Hawks is by, is by, it, it's, it's an amazing movie it it's, is an it's amazing so movie. creepy it's just spellbinding all of it um uh, also her in uh, Wind River with Jeremy Renner she kind of saved that movie and now she's doing um what's her uh, Marvel series I haven't seen it yet but um WandaVision. WandaVision thank you very much so she's totally killing the game right now um snapping necks and cashing checks uh, as her yeah. as her older sisters right Mary Kate and Ashley are older I actually do not know the answer to this. I think they are older though. Okay. As they, they just keep, uh, they just continue to giggle as they just collect, um, you know, interest off their pile of cash, um, as they yeah, just, not, right? just continue to live. So the Olsen sisters, I feel like those two little twins, granted, I, I didn't watch a lot of their like, you know, made for TV movies or straight to, to VHS movies where, you know, they're like mommy's little detectives or whatever and they're dressed like little sherlock holmes or whatever like they're like mary <laughs> yeah, yeah, sisters in monkey fuzz i remember <laughs> yeah, monkey fuzz would be a great one if they like yeah. inherit a zoo and have monkeys as their best friends and <laughs> perfect yeah. i remember seeing a vhs tape at one of my my younger cousin's uh house where it was the olsen twins and they were wearing trench coats because yes i mean yes. you're gonna solve a mystery if you're in a trench coat yeah. and of course nine-year-old girls would have trench coats so yeah the question is do they have an adult trench coat and one olsen sister gets on the shoulders of the other and they truly <laughs> infiltrate that would have been a much everything. better movie yeah see this is why i should have written in the 90s yeah well and 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 then you uh you you put in the uh the uh, what was it the the spy glass or the hour what's what's the um yeah yeah, yeah magnifying, the magnifying glass, glass and then the producers of carmen san diego are like hey you guys we think your idea is pretty and then the then they're just like, here's $500,000. And they're like, okay, great. Yeah. Make your movie. Cool. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Like, <laughs> um, so I think that uh, they they just influenced the idea of, of 90s culture and early 2000s culture so much that you could not get away from them. And people were just so obsessed with them having so much money as kids. And then I remember there was a lot of backlash. But like, how dare they just disappear? into their own lives as they become adults. Like what, like what are they even doing? And it's like, who cares? They Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. It's the, it's the move. Yeah. Do it. Who freaking cares? So, um, that's my number two. They just had such an outsized influence on in our world, uh, before they really could understand how to do it or that they were doing it. Um, kind of a fascinating and terrifying, um, happening of the nineties. So, <clears throat> Man, well, I, I, I kind of figured we would have to have the Olsen sisters on this list at some point. I mean, that, yeah. that's just a given, Yep. Uh, which is why I'm only giving you two points for this round. I mean, it's, it's an obvious choice. And uh, then you're also getting two points for this round because, I don't know, Halloween? I want you to save your sister stuff for Halloween. Don't spoil it now. All right, number one. <laughs> I don't I get to make up any reasons I want. Nathan, you're number one. Okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. No, 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 no. Let's I, look I, at I, what I, I you just to said. To. Did that you, you said save your sister stuff for Halloween. What do sisters have to do with Halloween? Are we doing a Halloween sisters episode? He literally just said witches stuff. Okay. You said, I said sis sister witches. You said sister, I said sister witches. You said sister stuff. Whatever. Okay, do you want me to take going. a point away? Are you trying <laughs> to get me it. to do it? Go, you know what, Brian? Go Step on. to the line. You lose a point. Nathan, number one. All right. My number one is sincerely fucking awesome. This is Good, because I'm furious right oh, now. Oh, yeah? This is Sister Rosetta Tharp. Sister Rosetta Tharp, the queen of rock and roll. One of the most badass guitar players who has ever lived an absolute fucking legend who doesn't get talked about enough, probably because she's a woman. It's not right. Sister Rosetta Tharp, <laughs> she was born in, I believe, 1915, and she was a guitar prodigy. And uh, she recorded some, and a lot of her recordings are, were tragically lost in uh, the Universal Fire back in 2008. So yes. there aren't as many posthumous releases as uh, we would like. But Sister uh. Rosetta Tharp, uh, absolute killer on the guitar influenced so many early rock and roll bands or and, and guitarists like you, you think about like uh, Chuck Berry who's like talked about as one of the, the godfathers yeah. of rock and roll sister Rosetta Tharp was doing everything Chuck Berry did 20 years before and yeah. she was black and she was a woman and so she's kind of been lost to history me as much of a rock and roll scholar as I am I came to her very very late but luckily, she lived long enough to where there is video of her that is available. 
and she just mm. fucking rocks. She has stage presence. She is all over that fretboard. She fucking rules. And uh, she was opening for Muddy Waters on a tour of Britain in 1964. And there was a particular show in Manchester in front of a disused uh, train station that was actually viewed by 10 million people on TV that was uh, had a huge influence on the uh, community that was you know, young people and people like uh, people like Keith Richards and Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton and Rod Stewart and uh, tons of people went to see Muddy Waters on this tour and saw her and she was had just an unbelievable influence on all of their uh, musicianship. But she has never gotten the credit she deserves. Uh, she absolutely fucking rules. And there is uh, plenty of good music you can listen to from her. My favorite song is one called Didn't It Rain, but uh, you really can't go wrong. There's precious little video of her, but it is there and she's awesome. Check it out. Sister Rosetta Tharp, one of the greatest guitar legends who ever lived. That's my number one. Wow. This is a solid choice. I remember researching her not too long ago and being like, it's kind of like when you finally come to the realization that everything you learned in U.S. history class was like through a lens and you're like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. we did a lot of bad stuff in Central America and stuff. And nobody's like talking about that. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this you're right. 20 years prior to everyone that we revere as the fathers of rock and roll. It's kind of bananas. She so. was I, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint exactly where rock and roll might have started and stopped. Like, you know, there was some stuff yeah. prior to her, but there's no like there's no video of Robert Johnson playing guitar. You only got these crappy recordings. so You couldn't see it. But she's one of the first people you can actually see video of her where she's working the crowd and she is she's showboating a little bit but she's also just a stellar musician and well, longevity right she she lived to be i mean she got into like the 70s right yeah I mean, she, she died until 73 died so in that's 73. why there's some video yeah and so uh yeah. yeah it's it's an absolute travesty that she doesn't uh have more recognition than she does and uh yeah on a on a good old good old fashioned uh rainy day just put on some of those crackly old recordings you know you'll love those those oh, early yeah. recordings that are just kind of oh that just sounds better than the, the highest fidelity sometimes and mm-hmm. so there's some of that from her that i like to go back and revisit and uh, it takes you to another time and another place and it gets your your foot stomping and your booty shaking damn i love to shake my top of that mitch shake my booty <laughs> um you know what i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna try Right, but good, but I'm gonna good. I'm gonna take it in a very very different direction because Sister Rosetta Tharp was real and from a long time ago and this selection I have for my number one is fictional and um, from the last three years so and my number one sister is the only uh, daughter uh, in the Roy family on HBO Succession uh, and that is Shiv Roy is my number one now you might be asking why. You know, who, why care? And it's because Shiv has undergone an incredible transformation to season one to season two. She's kind of disconnected from the family. She has her own life in politics in season one. She's killing that game though. And then she realizes that there's a chance. There's, there's, there's a, a thread there she can pull to um, acquire a lot, a lot more power in the family business. And then season two, she's, her hair's cut and short. She's all of a sudden, She's 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 done with the cardigans. She's dressing in a lot more business attire. Um, her her outward appearance, the way she speaks, the way she moves, the way she dresses, directly reflects her journey um, in season two. And th- one of the main reasons that this may seem surface, but it is about uh, in, inspiring uh, your contestants today, and she has inspired me. She rocks the fuck out of a turtleneck all the way through season two. And her alone, <laughs> along with a little bit of Glenn Howerton, but mainly Shiv Roy, inspired me to, 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 to take a stab at turtlenecks this past Christmas. So I got three of them for, for gifts. And I've been, I've been trying to, you know, I've been wearing them in colder weather. And I've actually been getting some compliments here and there. Um, so you do uh, look good in a, tur- a turtleneck. I'm not going to lie. Thank it, you very much. Actually, it, it flatters you. You, you guys remember for the for the uh, the St. Patrick's Day show? I was a turtleneck. Oh, I, that's exactly blazer. what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you look you like know. you were going to rob an art gallery in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> right there. That that's enough for three points. Um, God, Nathan, thank you so much. You know what? I, I'm, I'm in a great mood now. Brian, your hosting has been absolutely. Stellar all night tonight, and I, I just I, I love looking at your at your shiny little face. You bring me such joy. Thank you for for judging such a good game. Um, 
I don't even care if I lose tonight. That's how much fun I've had uh, being judged by you, Brian. Um, I think you're just trying to make up for those points I deducted, but that's I, all right. I don't, kiss the, kiss the let ring. Me, hold kiss on. The ring. Let, let me check the record. Nope, nope. That's not what I'm doing. I just, you're just a great friend and, and I just love you to bits. Um, so <laughs> lastly, I want to okay. say Shivroy, she's cool. She's cunning. She's uh, intelligent. Uh, in, in like 98% of the situations, she sees the pieces moving before others do. Um, and again, she knows how to throw that icy look. She knows how to hide her intentions just enough to keep people on the line, to keep those those um, powers of, of, of leverage uh, moving in her direction. So Shivroy, I can't wait uh, for the season to come back. And at the same time, I've listened to and watched some interviews with the actual actress, Sarah Snook. She's an Australian, and she could not be more engaging, enjoyable, and just seems like an incredible, nice uh, lady. So I would love to hang out with her in real life too. So, um, yeah, that's my number one, Shiv Roy, number one, New York, badass. Thank you. I know you got to be pumped with season three right around the corner. Yeah. Also, also, I, I can't lie, in the show, her husband is from Minnesota, and so I'm thinking like, oh, maybe like, I don't know, maybe maybe she might get divorced and want another guy from Minnesota. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows, guys? Who knows? I can't get ahead of myself. Um, yeah, you and your fictional HBO bubble. <laughs> but I have to stay the ready. Night, the nights you don't have sleep paralysis, you definitely have really <laughs> good shiv dreams. So I'm really hoping that this really gets you into HBO land there tonight. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. Did I just out you? Yeah, you did. I didn't. I don't think I've talked about my sleep paralysis on this show yet. I think you have. We've you've talked about your dreams. We've brought I? it up. Oh, we both okay. suffer from sleep paralysis, but Mitch's that's that that should be another one. Uh, a fast five for me is top five Mitch sleepwalking moments for freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> my, yeah, I have a great one. Should I do it now or should we save it for a later episode? <laughs> Let's do it now. Come on. Now you're teasing us. A friend of mine, a friend of mine from home was visiting. I was on a loft bed. He was sleeping underneath it. And I had my, my rudimentary brick cell phone. Cause this is 2006, like next to my head. And it starts like vibrating and I wake up and it's my friend who's sleeping six feet below me. And I answer and I say, hello. And he says, your roommate is standing on top of me. <laughs> so, so I have to, I have to turn around and be like, Hey, Mitch, Mitch, buddy, just, just, you know, back, back to bed. Okay. Okay. There we go. <laughs> oh, that would terrify me. <laughs> Imagine not having the words to tell someone who's standing on you. Get off me, please. Right. Like what's <laughs> This is this is a Roseville upbringing. We're just we just don't know how to we don't handle confrontation well. <laughs> we don't change our own tires and we call AAA for men standing us on us their sleep. <laughs> All right, I have the scores here, gentlemen. Okay. I am not going to reveal them yet oh. because there are bonus points at play okay. here. Now, as you remember, the rule stated that anything that was in arm's reach could get you a bonus point. Yep. So, what do you guys have within arm's reach that's weird? I have an incredible book from the 90s called Best of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> this is so old, it, the Indiana Pacers still have the jerseys from the 80s. Let me see when this book was. Oh, on the back is our favorite, Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. but this book was published... <laughs> Arms reach. What do you? What, what's he doing? He's he's he's, he's, he's got sitting long over his arms. chair. Um, he's got long arms. This book was printed in 1994, and this was before they figured out um, uh, you should you should design the font and type in books. It's just terrible. It's mainly just about the photographs. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's the only books I can read anyway. So, uh, Nathan, what do you got for us? I got my corn husking hook for one. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you just listening, this man has a red leather strap on on his wrist with a protruding metal hook. That's true. That's what it is. Uh, how actually, do people? How do you I explain actually, that to new visitors? And you, and you know what? Just just for the people watching on YouTube, I'm going to give him a little extra bonus if you can hold on just one second. 
Oh, we can't wait. We're counting the moments. Oh, Nathan is- has removed his headphones. He's reaching even further. I've got He's two. <laughs> I literally He's got two. two of them. He can double shank yet a moment's notice. <laughs> yeah. So so that's what I want to be judged on. But I also want to point out that within my arm's reach was uh, also this uh, complete series DVD of Sports Night with Aaron Sorkin uh, <laughs> featuring Felicity Huffman and all these other people. Josh Charles. Josh, uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yes, he is a guy who was in it. Good, good job, bitch. And uh, Joshua Molina and 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 others. Yes. And William Pete, H Macy in season Peter, two. Peter, Peter, Peter Krause, um, Peter Krause. Um, I also want to say I, I have this best sweetheart Oscar also just within arm's reach. Um, didn't have to lean over at all. It's that close to me, so um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I won that at an award show a couple years back. All right. Best well, sweetheart. you guys both impressed me with bonus points. You're both getting a bonus point for this oh. round. That's a wash, unfortunately. But you're both <laughs> getting uh, three points for your number one as Not well, which brings Nathan's total to 14 and Mitch's to 11. You lost. Yeah. So that's <laughs> not good for you. <laughs> Of course, we can't leave today without listening to my Fast Five, which, of course, is the top five nicknames for your shovel. <laughs> Number five, problem remover. Ooh. Have someone that's a little bit too close to the truth. Grab your trusty problem remover and get to the bottom of it. Number four, old Betsy, because you used it to bury grandma. <laughs> Number three, hatchet job. This nickname has a double meaning. One, it throws your enemy off your scent as they think you're talking about your axe. But your shovel did do a horrible job dicing up Betsy. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) Corky. That is right, Corky. Because of that time, you got really good with a lathe and you were able to cork the shaft of your shovel to make it more aerodynamic. Solid ingenuity. (laughs) And number one. Shovely, because honestly, you just love your shovel. That's this week's edition of Hoover Cinco. The man in the shark eating a submarine hat has been Mitch Brinkman. And the double hooker himself, Nathan Adams. Hello, How are thank you. you. Yes. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and as Bizbear always says, carbo load every night. You never know if you'll have to run tomorrow. Avita <laughs> Zane and adios. <laughs> That was great advice. Uh, This is good stuff. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.